0: Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Third Culture Podcast, where we discuss, debate, and talk about different opinions and views from a Third Culture kid's perspective. I'm joined today by my fellow co hosts Omar, Frank, and I'm Terry. You're probably wondering where Shay is. Uh, Let's just say he's running some errands right now. So, before we introduce our brand new guest, I would like to thank you guys because we've hit some milestones. What apple Podcasts? oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right right so we have 500 plays so far across all of our episodes and we are in top 40 for society and culture on apple Podcasts. i want to thank you guys for listening to us keep supporting us and keep giving us that good loving right so introducing our brand new guest for today hamam naptiti he is a co-founder of f8 productions and he is joining us today on the podcast naptiti welcome
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me in uh, the studio. Uh, it's a pleasure being here, to be honest. And uh, I'm Hammam Nabtiti. I'm 25 years old. I'm Palestinian Jordanian, uh, born and raised in the UAE. Uh, my background is in marketing. I would say my career is in uh, video production, and uh, I kind of found my, you know, my uh, my passion uh, mm-hmm. halfway through my college life. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, I. I was actually an accounting student. Um, I thought I was good at math, but... Then <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Listen, I was, I was good at math back in high school, but then I thought, like, you know, okay, accounting sounds, you know, doable. And then it wasn't.
0: <laughs> you know I you know was not
2: good at math?
1: Terry. Terry.
2: Oh, I'm terrible. I'm okay. terrible. My, you, know, you, know, not, you know what's
0: funny? Uh-huh. My brother, uh-huh. he's a chartered accountant. Nah. Uh, yeah, your brother is dead. Like, I'm, I'm the dummy in the family. <laughs> angle he's, he's, he, he can't
2: do math and he can't do art. He's very Okay, bad. Let's not talk about no, art. No. He failed drawing a butterfly. This guy wants to talk about art? He <laughs> failed d- drawing <laughs> a butterfly. No, Just I don't the... think
1: I can draw a butterfly. Like, <laughs> no, trust <laughs> <proper> me. <laughs> if you're so there is you can't. <laughs> <But laughs> anyways. <laughs> Anyhow, so yeah, I went uh, for like, uh, you can say like maybe uh, a simpler or shorter route. Because I had to be, you know, in, in a business school. So I went for marketing because I always found it, like, interesting. Whoop.
3: Yay, marketing. Woop whoop.
2: whoop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> stop, stop confusing me. guys. <laughs> like, what is like, is, <laughs> is, that, is that some sort of, like, <laughs> signal, <laughs> like signal? Repeat. Repeat. <laughs> signal what am I doing here? <laughs> no, nah, you know,
3: I just have to rep my people.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, this is uh, this is how I met uh, Omar Ghanim, actually, uh, yeah. through uh, marketing courses. So, anyway, I, I took marketing and... Um, I always ha- I always found myself in photography and uh, video production. I wouldn't say video production back then, but it was more of like creating videos for social media, Instagram, you know, just some sort of like a, you can say like a blog format. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that kind of started in, uh, I would say 2012, 13. It was very basic. Um, then, you know, I started receiving you know compliments from friends and family, like, oh, nice, cool, stuff like that. So, like, it kind of pushed me towards the passion or something I really enjoy doing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided to minor in film at mm-hmm. the at uh, the school of CAD. Um That even, you know, gave me, I would say, the skills and knowledge. So taking courses in film throughout my college life kind of boosted my... Um, Production skills, I would say. Storytelling and uh, communicating a story through visuals, basically. Uh, And then from there, I started doing uh, freelance projects. I started doing small gigs, uh, performances, uh, you know, uh, stuff like, uh, you know, guitar performances at Kite Beach at Salt, for example. These small gigs kind of give me the push to pursue my passion even more and further. And, you know, through word of mouth, People knew Hamam, the video guy, you know, and uh, from there um, it became just a thing, you know. Like wherever I go, I need to record this or that, even if I don't post it, even if I don't use it. Just like it's it's a very nice memory to have and share, whether you share it or not. But like it's it's it's
3: good to have. Yeah, I remember um, your um, Instagram stories. They used yeah, to they, make. Yeah,
2: they'd be very, like... Um, it was very creative, because <laughs> I, like, <laughs> honestly, know. Wow, a... I don't know the word. Cinematronic. Cinematronic. Cinematronic,
3: let's <You> <laughs> Hashtag cinematronic. You mean cinema-
1: cinematic. Cinematic, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly, because I remember, like, you'd make these, like, oh, you're getting out of bed, and then it's, like, first-person view, and you're walking oh, yeah, the into two, the bathroom.
1: you mean the two-second stories? Yes, those ones. <laughs> yes, yeah, I started doing two-second stories, because I felt like... I started doing two-second stories, uh, uh, I would say, like throughout my, I think during my sophomore year or like mm-hmm. maybe junior year. And uh, the reason why I started doing these kind of stories because when Instagram started featuring stories, I realized people watch stories to skip them. Right. I think
0: that's pretty mm-hmm.
1: true. And as of today, people still like skip. So like, we always say that if you don't grab attention in the first two seconds, right. you lost see what gone. So I started to do these brief stories like you see the, you know, the moral or the the the, the main aspect of the video in just two seconds. So it would be like, you know, um, preparing a cup of coffee, leaving the house, um, ironing a shirt, like, you know, just stupid stuff. It's just, yeah, it's just like, you know, these kind of things keep the audience attached before
3: they skip. Right. Because they're like, wait, that's it. Like you're just like for two seconds, you're just going to iron your shirt. And then it's like, wait, you left the house. And it's like, wait, where is he going? Exactly. And then Daniel was like, oh, you're just going to university.
1: Exactly. So like by the end of the, you know, all the slices of the story, you have an actual story.
3: This is exactly why I'm so passionate about this episode. And I was so excited for it because I love storytelling. We both studied marketing and we're technically both doing entrepreneurship on the side. Now you just touched on F8, but I want to dive a bit deeper into that mm-hmm. and just the whole discussion around should you stick to your college degree and get a full-time job, or should you go down the entrepreneurship path as fast as you can because right now when we're all young, we have you know, relatively less to lose compared to when you know you have a family or you have other responsibilities in the future. So I want to go a bit towards that direction. So first of all, right after graduation, what was your next step? Did you immediately get into F8 or was there anything else in between?
1: Not really. Uh, as soon as I graduated, all the common sense was to apply for companies within yeah. my degree. So uh, yeah,
2: you have to wait till you graduate. You just apply before you graduate. Well, Yeah,
1: I, I've been yeah, I've been applying before, but I mean, like, you know, extremely, you are right. excessive, yeah, 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 yeah. excessively, you're like actively looking. Yeah. For, exactly. Yeah. Actively and excessively applying, because at this point, you know, um, you're not you're not expected to be, you know, just sitting at home and you know get an allowance you know like this is the time where you basically pursue a job a career and um, (laughs) and I would say I wasn't uh, I would say fortunate enough to have a full-time immediately after graduation in fact it took me more than one year to have my first full-time job Uh, in the meantime I was uh, still doing uh, freelance uh, freelance jobs with like different sectors and different companies yeah um because it was you know quick money um you don't have any sort of entitlement to any company
3: right it's just like part-time gigs exactly. you get paid and you're out
1: exactly exactly but then looking through it uh, from a you know a future or uh, career point of view you have to evolve at some point you have to develop into you know um different uh, opportunities i would say yeah of course. Uh, so, in fact, yeah, I joined a full-time job uh, after almost, uh, I would say more or less, like, one year after graduation. Yeah. Um, I didn't find myself really uh, happy or comfortable in, in that environment mm-hmm. um, without mentioning any reasons. Yeah, but, yeah for sure. Um, you know, I felt I can do more.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. You get me? I so totally like, get you.
1: Uh, especially that, um, I would say, the department I was working with kind of helped because it was it was a marketing department right. and this is my degree. Yeah. However, my job title was basically creating content for the company's social media account. So it was a, like, I felt it was the perfect, it was a sweet spot yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. That's my degree and I minored in that field. I have experience, I have the skills, I love it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, then I I realized uh, it wasn't really the, the best option for me. So um, I took a step down, looking for, you know, the next move, basically. And that was uh, basically joining uh, a team of uh, content creators and photographers, uh, which is F8 Production. Mm-hmm. So at that stage, uh, that was some sort of like, you know, production, but on a larger scale. Most companies they hire, you know, fresh graduates so they can gain experience, maybe benefit, you know, like it would be like a, a cross benefit kind of Right because uh, you teach
3: them and they learn, they work for you for I mean, relatively less wages.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, debatable? Yeah, yeah. depends on <laughs> our organization. Yeah, exactly. But I
3: get you, it's it's like beneficial for both parties. Yeah,
1: yeah, but definitely experience is 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 a must have in any
3: field. So it actually advise against just jumping into it.
1: I mean, it you on could the, it once, on the once, thing. once you feel um, comfortable enough, confident, not comfortable, okay. confident that you can do that and manage it, then good for you. Look, any any business. Um, I have a couple of friends who made, who created multiple businesses, and at some point there was a turnover where like it did not go as planned. So that's cool. Like this is not the end of the world, but like at least you try, at least you you had the experience at least in, in that specific sector. Mm-hmm. So that's where experience comes in.
3: Right, but that's also where it becomes super crippling for people because they're so afraid of failing. And like, what am I gonna tell people? Uh, how am I gonna justify this, yada, yada, that mm-hmm. they never actually make the jump. And just based on personal experience myself and from a lot of entrepreneurs that I've spoken to in the past, there's no such thing as the right time. Like no matter how hard you try and how, how long you wait, You'll never get that right time for you to make the jump because it's always like you're either going through something emotionally, you're going through something financially, you're too comfortable. Like there's always something that's gonna happen, so that jump is just purely based on whether or not you're committed or passionate or you know you think that's where your career is heading.
0: Yeah, so I I agree with what you're saying as well, and I also think that it's really difficult, like like we all know how the market is for fresh graduates right Uh, you're not really going to get paid a lot of money unless you're some of the lucky few you know if you get into a a big multinational company and you know you're getting good wages and then that's good for you but a lot of the time you know people are looking for cheaper labor uh people who will be able to do just as good as a job but are willing to get paid a lot less so if you're questioning whether or not um jumping into entrepreneurship is something that you can do it's as long as, you, as you're confident within yourself, like you said, Naptiti, um, and you have the right background and you have a plan, I say go for it. But at the same time, again, like we talked about before, experience is key. Like, at least for me personally, I found that um, after I graduated university, uh, just like you, Hamam, I didn't have a job for a while, for a minute. And it's not as if I wasn't qualified or it's not as if I, I didn't have the same amount of experience ever announced did. If anything, I had a little bit more because you know I worked when I was in university as well but it was just that, that that you know, actually trying to get through the door so people can actually see my face and I can actually talk to them. It just, it, it was just, there was just a hindrance there. And I think that if I had, you know, maybe branched out and thought to myself, okay, maybe I can do something else, you know, maybe things would have been different. Because I think a lot of us, we don't know what we want to do. You know, whilst we're in university, we don't know what we want to do. You know, we take a major because exactly. we have to take a major, you know. And we're thinking to ourselves, okay, maybe this is something I want to do. I you remember you find it interesting halfway. Exactly, like for me, I remember we're stuck with it. It's one of the two. That's Usually. an issue as well yeah. because when I started off university, uh, I started off in uh, Russell Kemar, and I was uh, working in the hospitality sector. Uh, like I was studying hospitality, and within the first six to eight months, I hated it. I knew this is not what I wanted to do. Luckily enough, the university shut down and <laughs> <laughs> oh my god every student's dream I had nothing to do with it R.I.P. it shut down and then I ended up moving and I changed my degree altogether I ended up doing tourism and marketing instead of doing hospitality so I think that was that was a godsend in itself because literally because what, what they used to do <laughs> is that they would give us work experience by doing two weeks studying and two weeks actually on the job working in a hotel uh, and I, oh, it was just, it was horrid. And I think that, you know, if I'd continue doing that, I'd be very unhappy. You know, compared to where I am now, you know. Yeah, I said to myself, I never work in sales. Like I said before, yeah. you know, end up working in sales. I don't hate it, you know what I mean? It's not my favorite thing in the world, but I don't hate it. It's something that I do. I do this as well. I like got my Virgin Radio thing on the side as well. So I'm happy, you know what I mean? But a lot of people, they don't get that. They really have to keep trying, keep pushing themselves.
3: Right. You know, actually, like, even as someone that's in the entrepreneurship sector, I would, I mean, this might sound a bit <laughs> stupid, <laughs> but I would advise against it mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Because it, it's always like labeled and painted as this amazing thing, and you're your own boss, and it's incredible, and like, wow, you don't have any responsibilities, but that's so not true. Mm-hmm. It's so much more lonely than having like an office full of coworkers that you just meet and have lunch together. Like, there are so many pros to working. A full-time job at some corporate Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just entrepreneurship is really not for everyone and I'm not saying this like as oh it's for me I might find out that it's not for me somewhere down the line but just I see so many people get burnt out super fast get depressed Mm -hmm. uh, and you know mental health is not talked about enough especially in the entrepreneurship sector it could really drain you because you're literally trying to build something from scratch with no experience Mm -hmm. sometimes with no traction sometimes with no prototype no nothing i mean like your case is kind of different hamam because you're in the service sector so you you basically have a portfolio to show for it but if you're trying to sell a product or something like that it's completely Mm -hmm. different it's it's really not for everyone Mm -hmm. so the real issue here becomes just the education system itself
0: Mm.
3: not developing enough to cope with the level Mm -hmm. of the modern world that we're in because it's not about, oh, let's ask everyone to become entrepreneurs. It's about, let's ask everyone to be a bit more self-aware so that they know what they're good at, what they're not good at, what they're passionate about, what they're not passionate about. And then let them decide for themselves, hey, I want a stable job and a family, and I just want to you know relax and do my nine to five. Or hey, I like the hectic lifestyle. I like to stay up all night and all that stuff. Let them decide. But the problem is, they don't let, them, let the students decide. It's, mm-hmm. it's literally always, here's what you need to study. This is the degree you need. This is the job you're gonna get and that really pisses me off (laughs) (laughs) i have i have to agree with you like on so many
1: levels because uh what actually happens like the reason why people get pushed towards entrepreneurship or having your own business or becoming a freelancer is uh like several several um several several elements or uh, factors that would push you away from having a full-time job it could be could be uh, deadlines it could be yeah nine to five kind of constraints uh traffic uh low uh, low wage for example mm. all these things kind of push you off and away from you know being a full-timer you know right uh, however uh being an entrepreneur or owning a business is not any easier it could be a bit flexible but it actually has more working hours. Yeah,
3: of exactly, especially when you're trying to build it from yeah. the ground up. Yeah. So with all of that being said, even with all those challenges, do you still feel like our economy today is heading more towards the gig economy or the freelance or part-time or entrepreneurship economy? Or do you still think that full-time jobs are going to be the first thing that people aspire to do? Because I'm not going to lie, that was what I wanted to do growing up like going through university i was like hey i want to work for all these big fancy brands i want to work for them and them and make amazing content for them and work on their strategy and yada, yada yada but then slowly i started realizing like i could do a lot more if i decided to do something on my own and i feel like the more young people start realizing that the more they're going to move away and that's going to have a huge impact on the economy because the education System and the entire sector is gonna get impacted negatively by that because if people start thinking I don't need a degree anymore, which is a completely different debate, but if they start thinking I don't need a degree anymore, um, I could just do my one thing, then it completely shifts the landscape that we have.
1: Lovely. All right. So look, um, this is very, I would say, dangerous topic to talk about <laughs> 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 because that would set the market uh honestly because uh nowadays technology is is much cheaper than it used to be like the uh, the results you get nowadays with um uh, let's say an iphone eleven is quite remarkable like some like um canon cameras and sony cameras did not deliver such quality like let's say like ten years ago mm-hmm. right you get me so like technology becoming more accessible uh cheaper uh Unfortunately, and I wish all brands can hear me, budgets are becoming less and less and less, Right. F- yeah. which compensates on the quality of content delivered.
3: Right. Because they you have get less me? to spend. So you don't Exactly. Have that because
1: they, like what, you know, sometimes usually like um, whoever is handling the account for that sp- X brand, for example, is expecting a video. Just call it a video right. or a picture (laughs) you get me but sometimes the the, the lack of um, you know um, uh, funding the lack of awareness of how you know a certain picture is produced or executed is quite missing in the market so so like usually what happens is it's good to answer your question it's good for the freelancers but it's not good for for businesses right Mm. you get me because uh, you know, in a business, you have let's say overheads. You have production costs. You have equipment. You have this. You have that. You have uh, planning and pre-production has a cost. Coming up with creative ideas is not just oops, like oh, nice idea. You know, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't expect like a light bulb to be, you know, just just pop on top of your head. Mm-hmm. Like right. it needs planning. It needs time. It needs effort. It needs strategy. It needs you need to think of. Okay, when should I shoot the scene? How should I shoot it? What equipment? All these skills require money. <laughs> Let's put it this way: yeah. when you hire a freelancer, uh, obviously the freelancer. I mean, I was in that position once upon a time. Uh, but when when you're a freelancer, sometimes you would compensate on these certain things so like you would spend less time just just for the sake of executing the project Mm -hmm. and get paid as soon as possible you know that's 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 given you know like we respect that and everything but sometimes the client also sometimes could be pushing towards okay I need the content ASAP you get me so that will compensate on the results of the content given basically so again um, from an economy point of view having more gigs in the market is good for individuals, right. but it's not really amazing for businesses.
3: But you think it's moving towards that direction?
1: It is with today's technology and uh, because the market, it, almost I would say every sector is saturated, especially Dubai, UAE is a hub of businesses. Mm-hmm. Let's talk like, I mean, away from production, delivery services you can easily name, like, five right now. Yeah. Right. You know? Like, Monopoly is, is no longer um, a thing, a thing so, anymore. Yeah. Everyone is... It's very competitive. Everyone uh, tries to do the same. Everyone is a, co- is, is a copycat, mm. you, you know? Which is not a bad thing, but you need to be differentiated.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I mean, um, the question is,
2: is, this gonna, is, is it going to work? Uh, if the market is going there, of course, it's gonna work. But is it is it better than the current one? Is uh, it gonna is it gonna make people happier? Like, Terry, you're you're an economy expert. You're you an expert. expert yeah. oh, wow, <laughs> <laughs> you know more about economy than I do. Yeah. A lot of and people I'm know
3: more about economy. Than th- you. I think,
2: I think, I think Terry knows more than you. It's it would I'm still, a still be more Terry. than you, though. <laughs> but, but but no, because okay, let me let, let me let me give you an idea an idea about how that economy would look like. Um, not not necessarily like how it would look like, but an idea. So, um, you don't have engineers working anymore. Like, as much, like barely any engineers. Can we put a yay yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, Yay! Hey, screw you, eh? That's the one. And you don't just have engineers. Shout out to all
3: my engineering friends.
2: <laughs> and, and then you just have one uh, app that they're actually doing that right now. But let's say this is the actual, this is how it goes. Mm-hmm. And then you have an app that lists all these billion engineers from civil electrical mechanical whatever and then you just pick five from here five from there and give them a job put them in the team and let's go or a company has these people like working for them that that's the current economy so do you think it will shift to that and do you think it will work
0: well it's, it's it's a tough one to gauge um because traditionally like omar said before it's you aspire to get a good job when you're in university you don't aspire to be a freelance you know what i mean because yeah. freelance there's a lot of risk you're taking you don't really have a stable salary you you know you're not you're not you're not surrounded by other people like omar said before you're taking a lot of risk because everything relies on what you can bring to the table mm-hmm. yourself you know yeah. what i mean there's nothing to fall back on but and the, and the issue is not like it's it's not feasible for everyone to become freelance or an entrepreneur because you need other people working within companies, you know. And it's more expensive for companies to hire different freelancers instead of just having the same group of people work for you. And plus, as a freelancer as well, one of the other like at least in this uh, in this region, one of the big drawbacks is be- like you don't have any medical insurance. You 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 know you you might not have any housing insurance you might not have you know it's it's you might not have any housing allowances you know things like that you have to put into consideration before actually
2: I mean I mean if you if you're, if you're gonna have a lot of people doing it it
1: would be cheaper Not it's gonna necessarily. Be more competitive
2: it's gonna be a lot cheaper if a lot of people doing it
1: can I stop you there uh-huh. okay let me say look having a team to execute a certain job or a certain project it's not just the skills. There must be some sort of synergy. That's true. And you need to be, you know, you need to be adaptive to whoever you're working with. Mm-hmm. So when you get a bunch of uh, freelancers from, let's say, as you mentioned, like the example you gave, like mm-hmm. from different sectors and come up with like, you know, let's build a mold, for example. You yeah. Know? It's quite, uh, I mean, planning the project is going to be a bit tough. As newcomers mm-hmm. yeah you yeah. get me so like in order to, to to execute something big, you need to be efficient you know in terms of uh, uh, efforts put mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. but at the same time, synergy is key to to executing something beautiful maybe it would be
2: like small small jobs will be more freelancing, big critical jobs like those will be more towards uh, they have to have those people in like the full time the whole time there. A team, synergy,
0: and everything. But once again, it's not for everyone. You know what I mean? Exactly. Some people just they want, they want that stability. They want that that so- solidity underneath them. You know, like mm-hmm. I know if I'm working from the first of the month to the thirty-first of the month, I'm getting paid on the thirty-first. I'm getting this much money, which is gonna pay for my rent. It's gonna pay for mm-hmm. my expenses. Blah 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 blah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Some people they they don't mind being you know a little bit up in the air, and they're saying okay. depending on the number of gigs I'm going to have in the month, I'm going to have this much money by the end of the month, you know, and you can't Mm -hmm. really plan that out. You know what I mean? So I think it's risky. It's risky. Like, like either way, like you could make more money from freelance, no doubt, but that's depending on the market's demand as well. You know what I mean? You can have months where you're making tens of thousands of dollars of dirhams as well and you can have months where you're making nothing 1 to 2000 to to nothing at all so it's it's it, it's really up to individual people and what they really want i like guess down to their ambition as well You know, like Omar said before, there's nothing wrong with working a nine to five. You know what I mean? Going into work, doing your thing, leaving work at five, leaving your work at work and going home to like your family or whatever. You know what I mean? Because I know with freelance, you know, you go home, you keep working. You know what I mean? You're always on the clock. You don't even have to leave home, right? Exactly. So I think Mm -hmm. that's the issue there.
3: Right, but I must say like, even though it's very risky, it's still very, very, very rewarding. Mm. So just like speaking from personal experience again, the kind of impact and outcome that I felt I had on just running my own business with my partners was so much more than when I was doing my nine to five job. Like I felt like I was putting Mm -hmm. in the same number of hours, if not even less. And I was getting so much more out of it because this was kind of like my my thing. Like this mm-hmm. is again, you enjoyed it. Exactly. Yep. Like mm-hmm. I was having fun. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was a cause behind it. There was impact and everything that I did. And it wasn't just, you know, to to fill in my hours. And that's just the type of person I am. If you're listening to this and you're the type that just wants to, you know, make money, have stability and all that stuff that Terry just mentioned, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Totally respect that. That's how the world keeps, you know, moving. Mm-hmm. I don't think that in the near future we're going to have a total gig economy, like one hundred percent, because some of these companies will exist for many 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 decades Mm, maybe even centuries Mm -hmm. right the ones that evolve the fastest obviously because now with technology coming in like ai which we mentioned earlier in one of the episodes a lot of companies are going to go out of business and a lot of new companies are going to be born because it's a whole different sector you can now do so many things with less time with less effort like even your sector hama might be impacted heavily because maybe not in the capturing aspect yet but the repurposing of content, for example, Mm -hmm. like a lot of thought and effort. You you mentioned creativity. So a lot of thought and effort goes into what will this, you know, scene or what will this picture portray to the audience? Exactly. Once you have A.I. in the picture, it could literally portray so many different things with one piece of content, like it could take your one picture of sunset and then just edit it to suit every single psychographic that is available online. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just about evolving like you whoever you are, if you're listening to this, and you're in the nine to five kind of, I don't know, group or angle, angle, whatever you want to call it, it's about finding what skills the market will require moving forward. If you're in the entrepreneurship or freelancing space, it's about finding a gap in the market and then building a company to fill that gap. Absolutely. I
2: mean, uh, just a point that you mentioned, you said um, you felt like you wanted to be a freelancer, like an entrepreneur while you were working. And nine to five didn't fit you. Do you feel like that was an impact of society, like social media? Because when you when you go on social media now, LinkedIn for example, everyone is abusing all of these. um, uh, what, What do they call them? The guys that talk and get money. What do they call them? Motivational speakers. Yeah, Motivation. these guys. Okay. so uh, the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't like those people. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> You're not all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so motivational speakers, right now, they're all going with a trend of... Yeah, they're all going with a trend of... Um, 9 to 5 is not going to make you rich. And there are a lot of rich people that go 9 to 5. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. There are a lot of them out there that's
3: why i said disclaimer it's not for everyone
2: exactly like do you feel like social media is feeding you with this thing and i I feel like they're targeting this because people always like to look at the other side so if you're the grass is always greener on the other side yeah yeah so if you're an entrepreneur you sometimes stop missing like you said the office is empty right you start missing the stability when you're working uh, like that, you, you start feeling like, okay, you're not actually doing something. Right. Blah, blah, blah. So, there there, there are more people that are like doing nine to five mm-hmm. that want to be influencers. They don't want to be not influencers. Don't be uh, fr- uh, freelancers or uh, entrepreneurs. So, are still thinking about the last episode, Yeah, huh? right. Influencers. <laughs> so, <laughs> they target those. Right. And more people of those g- going to see this and always going to dream to be entrepreneurs. But now it's actually taking a
3: toll. You're so confusing right? <laughs> you right really? You pointed at like so many different places. <laughs> no, no, I get you. You're saying come again. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying social media is trying to push more for entrepreneurship, and that's why
2: because they have a bigger audience there.
3: Yes. See, I think Hamam could also back me up on this. Yes, because it's it's a better story to sell. Mm-hmm. But. I mean and you can make money out of it like if I was a motivational speaker and had some kind of entrepreneurship course Mm. I'd want to sell the idea of entrepreneurship obviously because I want you to take my course and pay me money right which is kind of deceptive and you know that's a terrible thing to do but the reason I felt that way was because I already tasted entrepreneurship Mm. and I felt like it was for me so it wasn't more because it wasn't like I watched Gary Vee and I was like wow I want to be like this guy (laughs) it was more of which is the case for a lot of people, by the way. A lot yeah. of people will watch content and they will be yeah. like, yes, I want to be like him. I love that. And then they realize, like, no, I. it's I just, not easy. It's, it's easier for me <laughs> to just, that idea, just yeah. <laughs> like, do my job, right? Yeah,
0: I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I think for a lot of people when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's it's about the passion that they put in. You know what I mean? It's about it's about actually having that drive, you know, because there, there will be hard times. I'm sure you guys are aware of it. There'll be hard times when you're like you know what is this really worth it you know you're putting in all these hours to try produce this this thing this is your baby your child you know what i mean exactly and a lot of the time you find that it it doesn't work out and then you have to try it another way and another but it's way. always rewarding always rewarding exactly yeah, right? the so learning
3: that you get out of it is definitely. priceless.
0: Massive. so it's about it's about being able to push through the tough times and enjoying the good times that they come eventually you know what i mean just always looking forward so entrepreneurship has its ups, has its downs, right? And it's the same thing with a full-time job. You know what I mean? Entrepreneurship, you work for no one, you work for yourself. You know, you're your own boss. You know, working for other people can be difficult. You can have a tough manager, you can have someone you're reporting to you don't particularly like, you know, at the same time entrepreneurship, you don't have that stability of, you know, making, making a specific amount of money at a certain time, you know, and on the other hand, you know, yeah, it's key. tricky right you yeah, can't not, you can't it's, really pick it's it's just one of those, but if you're asking me where the market is going personally um I think you will see more people as freelancers, but it won't outweigh people who are working full time jobs
1: oh, yes yeah. I think it's always gonna be moving towards you know personal gigs uh, but again, it's not always as I mentioned earlier, it's not always the perfect solution for, I mean, from production point of view, is not always the perfect solution for high-end production, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially for brands and companies. It's always a good thing for um, newcomers and people who wanna start in this sector because everyone starts from somewhere. Like, baby steps is the key because you need to, you know, uh, climb up the ladder and, you know, get better and better and better but when you have to start somewhere basically so freelance gigs will always be there will always be on the, on the move but it's just a phase so at least for these individuals
3: becoming it's a phase for individuals not for the market
1: yes okay
0: yes yeah and okay. i think yeah that, that's where success comes from right if yeah. you really push yourself to do to us to do something well boys and girls that was, those were our views on uh, entrepreneurship and full-time jobs. Let us know what you think, though, in the comments down below. Uh, we know all of us here have differing opinions, but let us know what you think. Uh, do you want to be an entrepreneur or uh, do you want to work? Would you want to work for somebody and have a stable life? Put your comments down below and let us know. And boys and girls, coming up next, we have Culture Check.
3: Yay! Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Culture Check, where we put third culture. Under the microscope. Hamam, I want to talk to you about, first of all, you being a third culture kid. Can you tell me more about a bit about your background? What it's been like being a third culture kid? How it affected you personally?
1: Well, being Palestinian-Jordanian and living in the UAE, that itself is being a third culture kid. 100%. And uh, especially throughout my you know, uh, school life and college life, I was immersed with so many different cultures, um, from Sudanese to Emiratis to Syrians and all across the Middle East. And even throughout uni, I was exposed to like even international cultures. To add more to that, I took one semester exchange uh, in in California back in 2015, I believe. And that for me, it was some sort of uh, a culture shock for me. Uh, it wasn't much different from uh, university life because obviously the main language was English but I mean but but I mean uh behavior and maybe stereotypes and certain activities are not really common in the Middle East you get me so right. so that itself was something new. I mean obviously wherever you travel you learn new stuff and new things. so that's where you you find this culture gap where, you have to digest right. that gap or that difference because you need to adapt to it later on. And right. that would become a norm. That's basically being a third culture kid.
3: Right, okay. And again, now to highlight what you do and how that is affected by culture. Obviously, production, You know, whether it's film production, video production, or even just photography, is super integral. It, it kind of works both ways because it, it's super integral two cultures because you can really influence cultures with the kind of content or videos or films or whatever it is that you put out also works the other way because culture really affects the kind of content you're capturing how has that affected you in the past and how have you found that complexity to be
1: a hundred percent I have to agree with you because uh, in in general production or even photography The main purpose of capturing that still or that video or whatever story is it has to be based on like that story has to be based on a stereotype or a culture or a behavior or an activity Uh, could be a norm Uh, so that's why drama comedy um, you know even horror every single category every single uh, genre of film is associated with a story it could be a horror movie about let's say a balloon right that's it or it could be about a family or it could be about friends scream for example so like all these elements play a role in telling a story from a culture point of view so actually in fact the reason why i love production even more and more uh, throughout my college life because halfway through university i you know, I took this semester exchange and especially in California, in Los Angeles. And every single day we would go out, I would see a production scene happening in the street. That's, you know, that's just Hollywood, you know, being right. Hollywood, you get me? So, uh, in fact, when I wanted to pursue this dream, this passion, call it whatever you want, but I call it whatever you want, I thought, you know, I had like double thoughts. Should I go back to the states and pursue this dream or should i do it here in the middle east or
3: you know back home okay which is uae and why'd you make that decision to stay here
1: uh to be honest i thought los angeles or the states would be a good hub to learn and practice that activity however i felt there's still a gap in the middle east Uh, you can say egypt and syria and maybe Lebanon as well are highly active in high end production you get me uh, maybe also Kuwait as well uh, but i still feel the market is not really on like full throttle in f- high end film right. production especially in the uae cuz you yeah. mentioned that as one of the exactly. as well. so 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 being in in this sector video production it's it's definitely you know, uh, 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 an add-on to this region because from a business point of view, uh, most companies, they need stories within their content. So like, in fact, uh, like a few years back, I joined one competition. It was the toughest competition I ever joined. We had to tell, we had to create a story with its all three film structure, the, the beginning, the conflict, and the resolution. In just one minute okay I was like who would watch a film for one minute (laughs) (laughs) you know but then later on it it makes sense because uh, today's generation is a very fast-moving generation like we always on the go we check videos uh, going up the elevator or coming down you know walking to the mall like everything is real quick so transmitting a story transmitting a message in a short content format is what people are looking for nowadays so again all right speaking of culture uh, and production in this region you have to be aware of the stereotypes and the norms uh, in this specific region i mean the states obviously is a very international um, market i would say or region the demographics are insanely massive uh, gladly, Dubai itself has more than I would say what 130 nationalities. Yeah, it's pretty so that, international too. Exactly. So, so that itself, I, uh, I mean, I, I, I saw an opportunity in pursuing what I love since I was a freelancer to do it in this in this region.
3: Okay, so I'm just gonna follow up on what you just mentioned specifically. Do you think that if we start having more film okay so basically if if we start having more featured film production that involves stories about our cultures and religions here and start distributing that to the western world don't you think that will have a positive impact on how you know our religion is received um, our cultures are perceived and won't that change a lot of the stereotypes it has to be this way in fact because uh,
1: there there are different formats of storytelling and film is just one category of storytelling it could be books it could be music it could be film right uh, it could be even pictures paintings so again these stereotypes or these norms or culture beliefs or uh, behaviors have to be transmitted the right way um, in a proper you know film format at least from a film point of view in a film format so like People can be uh, so. People can have a proper idea of what is it like to be in the Middle East, for example. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you a funny <laughs> story. I remember uh, the first day in uh, in, in UCLA. Uh, you know, first class. You know, a professor was like, "Okay, everyone introduce yourself." So everyone was like from Michigan, someone from uh, Indiana, and like from New York. So like it was it was international, you know. And then it was my turn to introduce myself. So I was like, "I'm from I'm from Dubai." And then everyone turned heads at me. I was like, you know, I, I, I felt pressured. Like, <laughs> why are you guys looking at me? What's happening, you know? Anyway, I, I walk back to my dorms. And then uh, one of my classmates, she comes to me. She's like, uh, aren't you the guy from Dubai? She's like, is it true that you guys have tigers as pets? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys ride camels that often? Oh are your walls painted with gold? I swear. She's like... And she even asked me. She's like, "So, so everyone is rich? Everyone's like, everyone drives Ferraris and Lamborghinis?" I was like, <laughs> "That's the thing, like, no, everyone is, you know, is, you know, financially stable <laughs> to some extent, you know, but we do have multiple, you know, yeah, like class, social classes, uh, social like, classes, yeah, exactly for sure. So that was like a funny stereotype about our culture, right? You get me again. That was transmitted through movies, exactly. You so know,
3: that, that's why they perceive Dubai to be just, you yeah. know, everyone's rich." Everyone owns exotic pets and all that stuff. Exactly. I get you. Well, that was it for Culture Check, and see you next time.
2: Yay! All right, that was it,
1: guys. Hamam, how did you feel about this episode? Uh, it was quite interesting. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I felt in my zone. Uh, it was it was quite interesting for me. It was great catching up with you guys as well. Ah, yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. You you've been very busy with the F eight stuff. Uh, I'm trying.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, you, you should come take a video for us. You know, let's We're do this. Trying to trying to hook up. Uh, um, trying to get some business right here.
3: Let's do this. Anyways,
2: guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, please comment, like, share, and subscribe. That was the Third Culture Podcast. See you guys next time. Ciao.
0: Peace.